Tonight on the show, though, we'll continue the conversation. We started last week about Vision 2022, which is the document that SAFA uh, formulated or reworked 10 years ago for the betterment of South African football. That was the plan. The plan was to have our national teams consistently ranked in the top three on the continent and top 20 in the world. But Baba Nyana Banyana, that has not happened. There's so much more in the document, though, about the playing philosophy, um, training the coaches, having technical centers around the country in all nine provinces. And as we heard last week from coaching instructor Mr. Steve Kutzea as well as former SAFA technical director uh, coach Simon Gomane who was actually the brains behind the original document along with the late Ted Dumitri and Clive Barker before it was reworked. So coach uh, Simon is back by popular demand. I know a lot of people tweeted me last week couldn't wait for the second edition of this tournament. He has agreed to join us live in studio so he is here in our SAFM studios as we continue to dissect this document called the National Development Plan. So we'll pick up from some of the points that he made last week. You are welcome to join our conversation at any time on 061-4104-107. 061-4104-107 is the number for voice notes. We'll talk about this for the entire hour. We'll also be joined by the former SN23 coach and Bafana interim coach, uh, Coach Owen Dagama, later on. Remember, he was in charge of Bafana also for that game. Where was that game in East London? Nil-nil draw. I can't remember who they played, though, but it was an exciting game. That's all I remember. And um, he also took the under-23s to the Rio Olympic Games. So he'll also talk to us about how Vision 22 would have assisted him if it did uh, during that uh, period. Um, so you're welcome to also call us on 011-714-2006. 011-714-2006. I'm just going to change the TV while we take a break and give you the latest scores from AFCON 2022. Those games will finish. But as promised, we are joined in studio uh, by SAFA's former technical director, Coach Simon Ngomanis. Coach, good evening. Thank you very much for being able to grace us with your presence here on SAFM. Good evening, uh, Tabiso, to you. Uh, maybe let me start by uh, putting a disclaimer to say at the time I was with SAFA, my position was director of coaching. Oh, director of coaching. That's correct, That's yes. And uh, that position was then later changed to technical director when they appointed Sirame uh, Litswaka as the first technical director of SAFA. Mm. But uh, good evening to you and good evening to the listeners. It's my pleasure to be back and uh, uh, thanks for very much for having me. Thanks. Would you say though the job was similar to what you were doing even though they changed the name or the title? Yeah, look, uh, more or less it's uh, technical matters. It's still in the technical space even though there were additions with the new position as FIFA tried to improve football across the globe where they wanted to create uh, uh, standards for all uh, federations uh, in, in the world, football federations. And in this case, they felt that to go with the position of technical director would be right, the right thing to do. And uh, uh, I take it that there were additions to what I was doing because ours was more on director of coaching. But in this particular case, technical directors go beyond just focusing on the coaching aspect to the entirety of the game in a country. And, and can you elaborate on that? What do you mean by that, the, the, the role of a technical director? Look, technical directors will be responsible for setting up structures uh, uh, that's your technical structures across the country to make sure that uh, football is played at all level and uh, the game is improved from the base to the top. That's why the position is becoming technical directors and that's why even professional clubs are encouraged to 
come up with such positions that will ensure that there's continuity in every club in terms of their recruitment policies and all those things to make sure that uh, you know there's, there's a proper coordination of the technical aspects of the game and in this particular case you are talking of technical director at SAFA level working with other technical directors in the different clubs in that way you will then bridge the gap that currently exists where players come to national teams and uh, there's a sort of a misunderstanding between the coaches at club level and the, 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 the clubs themselves. So this is problematic. And I think the positions of uh, technical directors or directors of football in clubs will assist to close those gaps because they are in the same space, they are in the same industry, they are working with the same player and coordination is better when they work together. So are you are you saying then, coach, that the clubs should have technical directors? Definitely, mm. standard. It, it is be a standard. Th- th- those those should be standards. Th- that standard, it's standard operating procedures of football, to say there has to be a person who coordinates. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure when we come to the element of talking about uh, your, your 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 playing philosophy in a country. What role will these technical directors or directors of football play to make sure that a a nation is united in its direction about how they want to play football? On that note, then, um, there is no technical director at SAFA at the moment. It's been almost two years now or over a year since Neil Tovey left the position. Is that a concern then that such a critical role, like you've mentioned now, is vacant at the moment? Look, what I'm about to say, it's... uh, I'll put a disclaimer to it, to, like I did the last time around, mm-hmm. to say whatever I, I, I'm, I'm saying is not a personal attack on any uh, previous or current or even future administrations of football in the country. I am not there. I'm not in that space. Mm. Mine is to talk about technical matters. It's as much as a doctor will tell you that once he makes his diagnosis to say uh, this is what you are suffering from, he will prescribe the relevant medication. And as a technical person, my duty is to point out where things are not going right, but also encourage where things are going okay. And in this particular case, to come back to what you are asking, yes, there is no country that can operate without technical leadership if the game is continued to be played in that particular country. So the gap left by Neil Tovey needed to be filled to show that there's planning, you know, and there's there's a succession plan to say when this one goes, who is going to come in later. But in our country, it has happened that we have left that position open. But I do know that there are quite a number of capable people out there in the country who can take over that position and still do a wonderful job. And and you mentioned that the club should also have TDs. And uh, we have a national team now, and he's been on this show, a national team coach, and he's been on this show a couple of times. And from what we've gathered and what is it, is it to say, the working relationship between him and, and the coaches is not that great at the moment. Is this where maybe a technical director could have also assisted in just trying to improve that working relationship? Or why do you think maybe there's a breakdown in that communication line? Look, uh, those are symptoms of a bigger problem. Mm. And the real problem is the lack of a technical authority. 
Uh, which is which is one thing you mentioned last week. Yes. I remember I made a note of that. You know, so you'll find a situation where everybody is, becomes a law unto himself. The coaches do not have a structured way where they can, you know, put forward their views. They want to make a contribution. These, remember, are countrymen. They, they love their country. They love their football. That's why they are in coaching. They are passionate about the game. They, they, they are passionate about looking after the interests of their players. And it is within their rights when they are not happy with something to raise those issues. But those issues would have been better coordinated mm. had we had the technical authority in a country. As far as I'm concerned, uh, I have a serious problem with a, a coach bringing in players on his own without accounting to anybody, mm-hmm. without sitting down with a technical authority to say, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. And these are the players that I think will best fit in my plan. And therefore, I am selecting this one and this one and this one. And then these people can then engage with the technical authority. They can work together and say, okay, what about this? What about that? For example, it's very difficult for any coach to go and work in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Because you do not know the people, you do not know the culture, you still have to learn a lot of things. So the coach might be very, very knowledgeable. Of course, he is knowledgeable. He's a seasoned professional. He has worked uh, in different parts of the continent. He, He has proven himself in football. And the country definitely can benefit from his expertise. But who will make sure that the investment that we are making on him to bring him into the country mm-hmm. it's an investment that will benefit the entirety of the technical space in the country and and um, does he have does he have to follow the philosophy of the country because we spoke about the national philosophy last week does he have to buy into what the country is doing at the time or can a coach come from outside and bring his own philosophy those are questions that would come even before the coach is appointed you do not appoint and then ask about the philosophy. The technical authority would have led that process. Because when we talk of a, a philosophy, you are talking of a system of knowledge and beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, that is used to define a particular way of playing football. We say, when I say knowledge systems and beliefs, it's about what do we know about football as South Africans? What do we believe in? And I can give you classical examples about what I'm, 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 I'm referring to, but I want to add the point that the discovery of what is true and the practice of that, these are two different things. You discover what is true about yourself as a country, about your players, about your environment, about the trends globally, how they impact on you. And then you then say, I'm going to practice this because... I have identified my competitive advantage against my opponent. Yes, football is globally, but definitely you must find your own niche market to say this can make me more competitive. So the two most important objects of philosophy, it is the discovery of what is true and the practice of that which is true, which you yourself have identified and accepted. So definitely these things can be done by an individual sitting in some corner and determining uh, what is true about our football 
and what to practice in our football. This needs to be a collective thing that the brains, the technical brains that we have in the country can sit around the table, work together to determine that. And there are ways and processes and protocols to do that. And I know that we do have capable people across the country who can make a contribution towards that. And as I close on this matter, mm -hmm. I need to emphasize the point that there are three major pillars of a philosophy. Mm. It's the players, that is their traits, the profile of the players, their strengths. So you are referring to all those things to say, what about our players? What do we know about them? But secondly, the second pillar will be the game environment. That is the conditions. What are the coaching or training mentality that exists in that country? What's the culture? What are the traditions? The climate, the altitude, all those things, they talk to a country. You know, what are the social factors that go with that country? So that's environment. Mm. But importantly, you know that these players, together with the environment where they are, they have to face the world. So you look at the football trends, mm. the new concepts that are coming in, the innovations that are there, the dominant uh, competitive features that are there, the new systems and styles of play that are coming up there. But I can tell you, every country goes around and around this uh, board and they come back to understand themselves, to say, who are we exactly as South Africans? What's our competitive advantage? It's not just a question of saying, ah, I went to Germany, I saw this is what they are doing. Ah, it looks good. I'm going to take it as it is and apply it in my country. No, you can learn how they are structured but definitely the application of knowledge is based on the environment, is based on the people of that country. And that's it. Okay. For those who are just joining us, we are speaking to Safa's former director of coaching, um, Coach Simon Gomane. He was uh, the initial brains behind, behind, behind the document National Development Plan uh, with Ted Dimitri, the late Ted Dimitri and Clive Barker. And um, he told us last week that it was then reworked uh, by Safa and he wishes that um, some of the things that they had on um, in the original document had actually stayed and there was a lot of focus on that. So we'll touch on as much as we can uh, throughout the next hour. But also what we want to do as we go along we also want to play some clips from the nigeria football federation there's a there's a video that they released on social media and um it's basically the the current coach now of the team um coach augustine eguavon was also the technical director is in charge of the team now and he just talks about what they've done in nigeria maybe let's play the first clip which one do we play Valera? do we play about his role as a technical director or oh, let's maybe let's play that uh, you are welcome to send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107. And you can also call us directly on 011-714-2006. As the technical director of the Nigerian Football Federation right now, I think uh, uh, it's my responsibility to see how we can um, come up with a philosophy pathway to, to make sure Nigerian football actually you know, it goes higher and higher and higher. And one of the things we've, we've mapped out in, in, the, in the department to do uh, is to make sure we have a very formidable team, starting from 
the young ones, the under 17, all the way under 15, and walk them through until we win the World Cup, and which a lot of people think is not possible, but I can tell you, uh, with the encouragement we're having and the support we're still going to get, sooner or later we'll win the World Championship. And one of the things is, if you look at our team before now, I told you earlier on, about 15 out of 25 of 23 of that squad were six-footers. We train a lot, and in West of selecting that team, he took his time. So one of the things we are looking at also now, you must possess two of those three qualities. If not, I'm not sure we'll look at your direction. We want to look at sit and watch. What does sit and watch means? S is for speed and strength. I is for... Okay, he makes some interesting points there, Coach, which is what you're referring to, that you need to understand your, your players and the players' profile and their strength. And he talks about how tall their players also are, which is a big factor for them. And they clearly use that to their advantage. Very, very interesting, really, Tabiso, what he's saying. And uh, I almost fell short of saying, bring it on. Because really, if I were to look at what South Africa can achieve with what we have, he's talking of uh, speed and strength to say they are looking over, uh, for six footers. You know, they are talking about the structure, which are the physical traits of, of players. And I'm saying in South Africa, we do have in abundance. And I can tell you, I always say endurance counts. Strength matters. Mm -hmm. Speed rules. And I know in terms of speed aspects, South Africans, we are way above, uh, you, you know, quite a number of uh, countries on the continent. But in fact, I can uh, uh, hasten to say Southern Hemisphere countries will normally possess speed in abundance. It's only up to us how we are able to develop speed because it's not a late age ability. It's an early age ability that has to be harnessed as early as possible so that the receptors in the body respond to this. The central nervous system, speed goes with central nervous system. So it's the excitation of the central nervous system so that our players can reach for, 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 for bigger uh, you know, impact in terms of their speed factors. So, yes, he's mentioning very, very good things when he talks of speed, he mm -hmm. talks strength. But I can assure you, the mobility of our players, if these qualities are properly harnessed, because all these things are genetic, you are talking of genes, whether it's the RR gene, which is the power gene, or you are talking of the XX gene, which is an endurance gene, or you are talking of a combination, the R and the X gene which has, uh, in, in, in terms of the both fast twitch and, uh, uh, and, and slow twitch fibers, they are basically almost uh, equal. So in this case, the selection of players can no longer be done, uh, you know, by sucking the thumb. Huh. It has to be based on clear principles and the philosophy document that we had put forward, including the entire 
vision 2022 plan that mm-hmm. we had put forward with uh, 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 Mr. Dimitru, may his soul rest in peace, as well as uh, uh, Clive Barker. Look, it was a document that really speaks to technical matters strictly. No politics. We don't care who is in charge of football at mm-hmm. the time. All we care about is how can we make our country better, fast, and longer. Are, are these the key areas that you spoke about last week that you would have liked the document to put more focus on because some of the things were changed? Of course, the, the, the document, uh, when the final document came out, mm. it was no longer the technical document per se. Mm. It was now uh, crowded by a number of factors which are now talking on general matters, marketing and all those things. Look, mm. we respect that space. We respect the fact that in football, there will be always competing ideas to contribute to football. But remember, football is played on the field. Yeah, Our starting point must be on the field. Yes, the referee can contribute. The marketer can contribute. The administrator can co- All of us, we serve the game. And the sooner we give the latitude to the technical people in the country to serve the game the way they know best, the better will it be for our country. Okay, we've got a caller on the line and we'll go to the voice notes shortly. I'm not ignoring you guys. I'm also listening and enlightening myself here. Uh, William, in, are you in Cape Town? William, good evening. Uh, we just lost William. Okay, William, if you can try and call us back, 011-714-2006. Should we go to the voice notes? Let's see if the voice notes that have come in on 061-4101. 4107. Uh, Tabiso, thank you very much for bringing in Coach Ngomani. Something he said, he made a, a, a sense, it's very sensible to me, when he says that African coaches, difficult for them to go and coach in other countries, for instance, argument's sake, in Europe, uh, Europe. But now, I, I want to check with him, in terms of the coaches, when they come into the team, is it fair, for instance, for them not to have their own technical team, like assistant, goalkeeper, coach, all those things? Because in the end, when they are being dismissed, they are being dismissed on the basis of not performing. But the team that he is working with, perhaps it's not the team that he wanted to work with. Is it, is it not fair then that for the coaches to come with their own technical teams? Thank you, Buting Konki Indo in the Eastern Cape. Okay, thanks for that, Butinkonki. Maybe let's address that one, Coach. Your own technical team as a coach coming from outside, is that advisable or do you have to work with people in the country? I, I think we, we are hitting it too high mm-hmm. because if we do not get the basics right, mm. it's one thing just to bring people uh, to say, bring your own technical team. But in any country, when it comes to the technical space, there is an induction mm. of the technical people who come to work in that particular country. You then say, let's understand how you're going to work with our structures, mm-hmm. particular te- technical structures. Remember, you got to be endorsed by the coaches association in that country to say, 
yes, we give this coach the right to work in our space based on his understanding and admission that he has to respect certain principles. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean to close any space. It's just a question of regulating the relationship. If you allow people just to fly to OR Tambo, get into the airport with their suitcase, go straight into the field. And do their own thing. And do whatever they want to do. Then not only are you tarnishing the image of the country, but it definitely shows that you are not taking yourself seriously. I do not have a problem with wholly foreign technical teams. Mm. But I have a serious problem when there's going to be serious lack of respect for the people of the country. That I will have a serious problem with because that's what happens all over the globe. Respect the country where you are working. Okay, we've got William Beck. Is that William Beck from Cape Town? William, good evening. I, I just, I'm alive now. Yes, you are, sir. Good evening. Uh, listen, um, I've heard what this gentleman is saying from Hyatt and all that. You know, I've been saying in Brazil, eh? our players, I've watched the league, and Santos was my favorite team in Brazil. <laughs> and at that time in 2014, Neighbor played for them, and I went live and watching them live, these mm. players. These players are not tall, but they are fast and skillful. Even uh, um, a Messi... Uh, and uh, there are many Argentinians and, and, and Brazilians, they don't have height, mm. but they are skillful and they are fast. And so I don't think it's not always about height. That is just my opinion. Okay, the the one that was talking about the height, William, was actually the Nigerian technical director, um, Coach Augustine, yeah, who's, yeah, who's, I, lead, I, I, who's I, I leading them at, at AFCON. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, but thanks for calling us. We've got more voice notes. Let's play the voice notes. Evening, the member Tulane from Holland. Uh, can you please ask the case there? Will not maybe develop our football, maybe to include football people at SAFA, people who have played football to make decisions because they know that what they came across now they can improve as the leaders on the on the board. And another thing to have qualified people to coach the kids locally, then have a style of play introduced in the coaching courses so that when the coaches go and learn, they can give out to the kids because now as coaches we're coaching our own thing that's what i can say in south africa thanks okay, so this is mobile from the band on that vision 22 issue i think safa just got it wrong you know you cannot make a plan but don't make it effective at the grassroots level. You see, the first thing when they talk about coaches' education, uh, they come on the on our LFAs and give us a coaching course for a thousand rand. And can you tell me where a co- where the coach can get the the thousand rand without the coach working? You see, that's the first problem. Uh, the 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 causes that they do will only benefit those who have that one thousand to 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 pay for the for the coaching course. And another issue: there are no visible program on our LFAs. We are the coaches; we're coaching young boys at an LFA level, but there are no visual programs. 
the Vision 22 is well drafted, but it's there only for themselves, but not for us, where the majority of players are, which are at the grassroots level. So that's where they made a huge mistake by drafting a document and let it stay at NASREC and then that's it. But does it filter down to provinces, then regions, then LFA? No, it doesn't. And the, the, the issue of football development is such an easy model to do, but it just had to it just have to have willing people to, to to do it, you know. Thank you. Okay, I, I have noted those points. I want to go to the lines also. Nombasa from Pretoria, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? We are fine. Thanks and you, ma'am. I'm good, ma'am. Uh, I just want to ask something from Prasai, your guest today. Mm. Uh, within this vision 2022, uh, if uh, SAFA has, uh, what is it? Uh, if SAFA has uh, adopted some schools, right, mm-hmm. for, for, for development, mm-hmm. I think that would also be a good step for them to adopt schools from different uh, provinces so that they have that uh, logical development of players. Yes, that's a because very good point. When, when, yes. I'm look, when I'm looking at the football, currently you will find that there are so many foreign players and then you will find that there are so many players from around Gauteng and Tristay and Limpombo mm. and then very few players from other provinces so I'm not sure whether in their program they have adopted schools okay. for development as well as looking for scouting in other problems. Okay, Numbas, I'll get Brasai to answer that. That's a good point, and he was passionate about it last week when we spoke to him for the first time. But let's also take Jeffrey in Whitbank. Good evening, Jeffrey. Okay. Hi, Tariso. Evening. I just want to make a, um, a, a, a few inputs there. Um, I think, um, to, to my observation, uh, what feels our soccer, um, national team in particular, is... Uh, we are not utilizing our diversity. I'll, I'll take you back maybe to uh, 96, mm. where we had the likes of McWilliams, Agustin Makalagalan, your Tingla, and currently we, we don't have that. So uh, I think that's where we, we lack. But if we want to use one of our competitive advantage, it will be the mixture of uh, the, the different races in the, in the game of football. And, and that in itself, I think it will, it will give us an edge mm-hmm. to compete even on an on a international level. And also so a mixture of the skillful players and the hard men also. Absolutely, absolutely. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you, 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 we just I mentioned do. again um, the Mukoku, mm. uh, the Tovi, and, and McFish also as well, mm-hmm. coming in play. And, 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 and when you check on them, um, in a different kind of football. Yes. So we need a mixture of, uh, of players with a different, uh, okay, what Jeff. you call, level. Because some they are crazy, some they are not crazy. If okay. you might think, oh, I might take you back to even the Santos. One caller also mentioned uh, Santos as well. We 
which is unfortunate as well. But then we need to have the mix of the colors, the white, and all the, the Africans as well. The Santos we that had the Bucks and the Ethias and those big guys also. Mark Ethia, Mark Ethia, you can't forget Mark Ethia. Uh, Andres Borton as well there. Eh? Yes, and Coach David Notuane up front there. Um, <laughs> yeah, catching them on the break <laughs> all the time to score. I'm okay, telling, thanks, I'm, Jeff. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling thanks, you. Thanks, thanks. We've, we've noted that, but the one challenge that was raised when we spoke to the uh, uh, um, SASFA, who look after school football at the time, um, when there was still this court case, and I actually experienced this myself because I used to go to the youth tournaments and the so-called Model C schools or the schools from the suburbs just didn't want to go play in the townships. They just didn't. You'll have a tournament in the township and they don't pitch. They just want to play against each other. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and I'll let the coach respond to all these questions. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. Let's then answer, let's let the, uh, the coach answer the questions. Maybe let's start with the one from Tulani. Coach, who wanted to know, I think he was saying football people need to be involved in football. Is that, is that, is that the recipe? You have to have football people in football. Look, it's generally accepted. I mean, that's why they were in football. That's why they played the game, because they love the game. Their heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. It's in the game. So when they get opportunity, and look, I, I don't want this uh, entitlement, uh, you, you, you know, approach. No, I don't think our people feel entitled. But I'm saying give equal opportunities and let the best ones among them come up on their own. But to shut down the gates and don't create opportunities for our people to grow and make a contribution to the game which they love, which they have invested all their lives on, definitely that's a bit too much in terms of how we organize ourselves as a country. So sustainability, it's part of that. Let's bring the people who've been in the game, let them make their contribution, but let them also prove themselves. It's not a question of entitlement. And then it seemed like the other voice notes were coming from coaches, Tulani, I forgot the other name. Um, but the one coach that doesn't feel that this document talks to grassroots football or talks to the, talks to them. What do you make of that of that concern? Look, I agree with him. Mm. I have to agree with him because mm. we got to look at context to say well, the, the, the final document, what was it all about? Mm. Is it high-performance football? Or it's also uh, uh, general football in communities. You know, then we will be able to best define exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We are saying these two systems are interdependent. Mm -hmm. You will not have high-performance football without football, general football that is played en masse by people within communities. Right now, it talks to the structure of our football. Do we have clubs in communities? Mm. And the answer is no. Mm. You have teams that belong to individuals and those individuals can pick and choose when they want the team to move from that place to another place. Then we don't have a culture of a strong club culture in the country. Mm. And I think that needs to be corrected. We then say, no, we have it in schools. We can do development in schools. Mm. But we know that in schools now, of late for the past three to five years, kids are encouraged to be on books mm. from Monday to Monday. 
there's no time to play. Physical education is not done in schools. Which Even you raised last week. I raised, raised the importance of it. Maybe maybe it is done, but it's not practiced. I don't know whether this, it does make sense. It is there in the curriculum, but the question is, is it really applied? Look, South Africa is a signatory to the UNESCO Charter on Physical Education, Physical Activity and Sport. There are 12 articles of that charter, and one of them says... Physical education, physical activity, and sports is a fundamental right. But in all the townships and rural areas that I've traveled, I see no such respect of that fundamental right. Because as a country, our system just doesn't talk to the signature that we have put against that article which uh, UNESCO puts forward. So there are quite a number of fundamental issues which uh, we, we, we can talk about here. But one of them, to me, is the structure. Yes, that's where I wanted to go because you seem to agree with what Nombasa said there. She seemed to raise a concern about uh, just the lack of activity in schools football and how they fit in, uh, schools football fit into this whole, whole plan. By the way, Nombasa, there is a message that says, I'm so grateful to hear Women like numbers are calling the show. I wish more could follow suit here. So um, thank you for that um, message there. What do you make of what she said to say about how schools should be adopted into this vision? Because you spoke last week about not only having schools football activities at school, but having a structure and a plan for those coming from the schools. What were you? What was your thinking at the time when you were drafting the original document? We can learn from other codes like cricket and rugby, for example. Ah. Their approach is very, very clear. They say, look, we can't be everywhere, but we'll identify specific schools so whoever shows quality wherever they are, we will move them to this particular school. I don't know. Maybe football can come up with a more different approach to that, but that could be something that can excite our thinking to say, can you invest in infrastructure? Because if you do not have proper facilities, equipment, the philosophy that we are talking about cannot be applied because our players, by virtue of their size, it means the type of game which they have to play must be based on speed. Speed of passing the ball, speed of movement, speed of thought. All those things are qualities that will require proper surfaces, not bumpy pitches, because how then do you assess the child mm. in terms of a, a pass played and the ball is uh, bumping all over the show? How do you then, as part of your assessment, to say this child is now ready? Because this is what it's all about. But what I'm more concerned about from what I hear from the listeners, mm. it's the issue of lack of physical education. Mm. Remember, sport is a beneficiary of physical education and physical activity. So if we do not have a strong base, because like I said before, there are certain qualities that you can never train later in life. Once you miss them at a very, very early age, at foundation phase, at intermediate phase, and FET phase, you can never catch up. So we can take advantage of the school system, how it is structured, and let football programs talk to these particular age groups. Unfortunately, throughout the country, I am not aware of any programs mm. of players playing football between the ages of six and eight, 
8 and 10. On a regular basis, it's only a few clubs in the predominantly uh, privileged communities mm. of old. They have these academies. The, yes, and the yeah. academies, but not in your mm. areas of residence where the majority of the people of South Africa live. It's interesting you say that because two weeks ago we had Dr. Ali Bacha from Cricket on the show and he was saying their model is very simple. All the proteas come from 35 schools around the country. They know the schools that are cricketing schools. They equip the schools. These schools have facilities. They've got proper coaching and, 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 and everything you need. And once they identify talent, they make sure that um, they, they are put into these schools. And that's how they've been successful as cricket. So it's interesting you say that. We also join on the line by Coach Owen Dagama, coach of Bafana Bafana, of course, and uh, also took, Baf- um, took the under-23s to the Rio Olympic Games. Coach, good evening. Thanks for joining our conversation on SAFM. Good evening. Thank you for having me on your show. Thanks, Coach. You you spent a number of years at SAFA. You've worked with different national teams. What What is your understanding of Vision 2022, Coach, and what it aimed to achieve, especially at, at, at national team level? Uh, to be honest, it's a, a vision that was uh, implemented and uh, it never went uh, to where it should go to. Yeah, and and so are you saying during your time was there support during your time? Was there? Did you have an understanding of what was expected of you at the time based on this document? I had a very good understanding, and the understanding was uh, longevity. Uh, it was um, putting, implementing a plan uh, that would go the way, uh, a long way, and. Uh, but it never, it was never implemented. And and is that where we dropped the ball, implementation? Yes, we dropped the ball with implementation. And and the document itself, coach, did you did you buy into it? Did you believe in it? Was it solid according to you and what you wanted to achieve? Yeah, the, the document was 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 good. It. it, it it, it shows that uh, we have hope um, in our youth. It showed that we had hope in our youth coaches. Um, but to be honest with you, it was never implemented. Yeah. And we spoke earlier on before you joined us about a technical committee or the lack of a technical committee. Right now, we don't even have a permanent technical director in place. Um, how key for you is, 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 is this aspect? It's 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 hurtful. It's hurtful uh, because um, when I joined, uh, as we were going along, um, Sheikh Mashaba was was not acknowledged. Mm. He was not acknowledged at at all, and then. Um, But he was also not acknowledged. So at the end of the day, I, I just feel that the leadership at Safa was actually a joke. It was a joke mm. because we were, we, 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 were, we were never, never, not once asked how to do things and how to go forward and so on. So Neil Toby uh, came in um, and 
he tried. He tried his best, to be honest. And he was one of the longest-serving captains at Bafana Bafana. Hmm. And nothing happened. Sheikh Mashawa made the recommendations. They never even had his word. And, and the results uh, are there for Pao. all to see. Yes, Vera Pau. Vera Pau was acknowledged. She had meetings and meetings, one after the other. And um, even when we, uh, uh, I mean, I was very fortunate to succeed to take the under 23 to... To Rio. To Rio. I was not, I was not acknowledged. Yes. She was acknowledged. They got, Vera uh, Powell got a budget and they were given money for a daily allowance. Owen the Gama and the under trained uh, national team with Keegan Dolly and all these Nobara, players. And Nobara. And uh, we were not acknowledged. And I still don't understand why. Why? Yeah, and the results are there for us to see because Coach Owen took a team to the Olympics. Coach David Notwane took a team to the Olympics. Coach Tabosunung took a team to two under-20 World Cups. But with all that talent, we are watching the AFCON on TV. How is yes. that? There was no con- uh, continuity. Yes. I got the job as the interim coach of Bafana. And I brought in... Uh, the youngsters. The, 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 the town. And Luther I brought Singh. in a lot of players. Yeah, we brought them in. And uh, I, mean, I mean, I gave um, Tau his first step in the national team. And we went on, and uh, we, we beat Burkina Faso 3-1. And uh, the next game, we played Angola, and I, and, I, and I dropped all the players. And I gave everybody else who had not played against Angola, and we drew 0-0. Was that the game in East London? Yes. Oh, that's the game I was talking about. I couldn't remember who you played against, but I remember how exciting that game was and the kind of football that that team played, despite it being a goalless draw. That was a very good game. I actually spoke about it at the top of the show before you joined us, Coach yes. Owen. And that was when Andrea Jolly was the captain. Yes, I remember that. Because and, we, um, yeah. I never got the job. Yeah. I was released. I was told that um, I'm not good enough. And it took and, to continuity. Uh, they brought in another coach who okay. was um, Baxter. Mm. It's fine, coach. We're going to continue this conversation next week. I think you need more than the time we've given you. Uh, we'll arrange with you as we continue to dissect this vision 2022. But thank you very much for your insight here. You've given us a lot to talk about here. Yo, coach Sai, I can't even let you respond to what Coach Owen has to say because there's a there's a question we couldn't answer. I didn't put to you about the diversity in the team. Um, is that how big a factor is that the listener was talking about diversity in the team? That is in our football. It's a South African phenomenon. 
It is standard. It's something that we need to pride ourselves on to say we make sure that talent is talent irrespective of where it comes from. We, are, we don't see color. We mustn't see color. And mm. football has managed to do that over the years, even yes. at club level. So I'm very, very proud about that to say as a country, yes, we can do much more. But uh, I want to hasten to come to what Owen is saying. Mm -hmm. Talking of acknowledgement, mm. I'll say to him, ask me. Mm. I know better because I have been kicked out of the system, having produced all the coaches that you are talking about today and with all the knowledge that you have everything we, that you've told us whether you talk whether you talk pizza musimane you talk mangoba mngiti you talk mandla ngigazi you talk tebo homuloi you talk fani madida you talk uh your ferreira you talk mm. you can mention the list is endless across the country thousands of thousands of coaches that i've had uh, that i've produced over the years at great sacrifice, without much income. But uh, on top of that, you are rewarded with a ban. So I was banned for three years, which became six years. It's very, very painful. And you ask, for what reason? Sure. You realize you were just being targeted. But it's unfortunate. But now I think it's let it be water under the bridge. Let's move forward as a country and do better for the sake of the future of this country in terms of football development. But but I guess these are the things that are holding us back then. I mean, if people like you, with all the knowledge and the insight that you've given us, are not in the system, then then we, we are clearly going backwards. Uh, Cabello says it's always refreshing listening to this man. Uh, Sia is asking for another edition of this uh, conversation here. And uh, who else was tweeting us? Uh, Mpoy Apane, okay, saying the president of Deni of the, the suffer president he's brought with him gatekeeping tendencies that are prevalent in the ruling party okay and then Wandi Lemtana it says grassroots football is our cornerstone that should determine how our game should be played maybe that's where we'll pick it up next week how our game should be played because I've got the document here in front of me and it talks about a 4-4-2 and then it talks about a 4-3-3 also so we're going to find out which one is it here is it a 4-4-2 for us or is it a 4-4-3 for South African players so let's pack it there for now coach just because of time that's the only enemy we have uh, but this discussion will continue there seems to be an appetite i'm sorry we couldn't get to all the voice notes but i see the message congratulating the re female referee that took charge of the game today uh, zimbabwe have won here from what i see on the tv they look to have beaten ghana here by two goals to one right uh, they've beaten ghana not ghana uh, apologies guinea uh, by two goals to one there zimbabwe in that um, afghan encounter but looks like it was too late for them goalless between malawi and senegal so it will be senegal guinea and malawi in that group and then top two goes through. Number three, we'll have to wait and see if they're the one of the four best place, third place finishers. But time is not on our side. Coach Simon Ngomani, thank you for joining us in studio. We'll continue the conversation next week. Thank you very much. Thanks so, much. so thanks to the listeners for the opportunity. See you when you see me. Yes. <laughs> thank you.